Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Speaking Human. Today on Speaking Human, we drop the pieces in place to unlock how the best-selling video game of all time continues to obsess players 40 years after its creation. Speaking Human. Welcome to Speaking Human, where we simplify the world of marketing for humans. I'm Shad Conley, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Jebber. What's up, Shad? What's going on, Patrick? So you're fresh off watching the Apple TV movie Tetris, right? Yeah, I did. I watched it all. It was an accomplishment, I thought. Some say it's the greatest accomplishment there is. Yeah, you didn't uh, if, You didn't finish that movie, right? I went, I got a little more than halfway, which I thought was an accomplishment in and of itself. What did you, what did you learn from the movie about the challenge of bringing that game to the world? I'll it, tell you what I learned. What did you learn? I learned something. The, the most important thing I learned was like in the first two minutes of the movie. And that's where the name Tetris comes from. Mm, yeah, which is? The combination of tetra, mm -hmm. which means four. Yeah. All the blocks are a variation of four. And tennis. That was kind of the weird part, was the tennis part. I yeah. wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I didn't. So that was, you know, worth the price of admission for me. Yeah, I had no idea that it had anything to do with tennis. Seemed like a stretch. I was like, why tennis? But then when you watch the movie, you realize the creator it was one of his favorite games so of course yeah. that's Throw how that's there. how all great names are created you know it's a combination of words by whoever creates them they're like hey let's uh create this word what is it it's podcast yeah yeah google tetris they're basically just nonsense but now it's like there was never a time they never were mm -hmm. yeah that's what just it feels like Tetris is definitely one of those words, whether it's silly or not, because it's a video game. It's a vocabulary word that I think most people know. I would think so, too. I think if you ask most people what's Tetris, mm -hmm. they probably know. That in and of itself is really the accomplishment, right? To create something that becomes a common everyday household word. That's pretty. Yeah. I mean, not only that, something that they make a movie about the creation of. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, whether or not you like the movie, it was pretty interesting, you know, learning about the challenges of bringing that to the world in a way that was as grandiose as it is. Right. Because it's very possible that could have died on the vine and not gotten seen or played by a lot of people simply because it wasn't handled the right way. And a lot of it, I think, was luck the way that it sort of worked out because it could have gone the opposite way. Yeah, so it is an interesting story. It's got, you know, it's it does have a real backstory to it. And there is, you see how one decision another way and this thing doesn't happen. Yeah, so that, that part I think is really, really interesting. But then, you know, we're looking at this game that 
is one of the best-selling games of all time. It's been downloaded more than 500 million times on mobile devices. Authorized copies, just authorized copies, have earned close to a billion dollars in total sales. For something that was created, didn't really have any graphics when it was created, you know, and so addictive and playable by so many ages and skill sets of players that it's a household term, right? It's insane. Yeah. And what we see, you know, mostly with video games is they come along, they're a big deal, they burn brightly and maybe they stick around for a decade, you know, create a few different sequels or variations or something like that. And then they're kind of like fade away. That's the natural kind of way of things. We're talking 40 years, you know, four decades of this game remaining pretty consistently popular, not really changing all that much. And people just kind of knowing it and it's being like just this staple of the the video game world, you know, just this something that's like ingrained in pop culture, whether you played it, you know, back in the 80s or you play it now or it's something you like play on your phone. It's it's stuck with us. And we talk about this how ingrained this thing is. There was this movie they made now, which is kind of the backstory. In 2014, they announced plans for a movie based on the game itself. Mm. Mind you, Tetris is a game about falling blocks and clicking them together. They were going to make a movie about that somehow. Not only were they going to make a movie, but the producer said it wouldn't be one film. It's going to be a trilogy. Mm. said the story we conceived is so big we're splitting it up into multiple movies people were talking online about all sorts of things what is the actual narrative of this going to be about are there going to be giant talking shapes the producer at that time said we're not going to have blocks with feet running around the movie but it's great that people think so sets the bar rather low we never got that movie obviously we never got this trilogy but what do you think You know, if you're using your kind of brain creatively, what do you think a movie based on the game Tetris would be about? What's the what's the plot there? What's your plot? How would you make a movie about Tetris? I think I would make it about aliens. And what are are the aliens doing? Well, one would think they were playing Tetris. (laughs) But I think I think. You know, maybe this movie has something to do with Tetris's sort of this like uh, universal mathematical code. Mm. And, you know, it's like uh, it's like human DNA. And when you unlock the code, you know, something happens. Think of if you're of our generation, Shad and my generation, if you're of our generation, dear listener, think of not Flight of the Navigator. It was the last Starfighter. Okay. Remember the last yeah, Starfighter? The yep. And the last Starfighter, if you remember, the... Played the video game. You played the arcade video game because, you know, we didn't have Nintendo then. So yeah. they he played the arcade and the aliens, they come from outer space. And that's how they, they recruited Starfighters, these guys who would fly these space jets, essentially. So if you beat the game or whatever, if you were really good at the game, they would take you and you would fight for this galactic i don't know if it was a force freedom force or something you know alien species think of that and combine those things and you think okay kind of like that you know tetris is this 
universal mathematical algorithm and someone solves it and suddenly, you know, there's this universe opening up to them. Kind of like the Matrix, right? Yeah. Like Matrix and Star, The Last Starfighter. That, that's it right there. I, I mean, what a great pitch. Who's not buying that? And it comes off the heels of uh, the Matrix trilogies, which, you know, if you're going to make a trilogy, you pitch it with, it's going to be like the Matrix, but better. <laughs> but with the last Starfighter. People be like, what? Arcade games? Be like, yeah, it's set in the 80s, because that's when Tetris came out. I like that. I was thinking, you know, something along the same lines where Tetris is kind of like, it's not the plot, you mm -hmm. know? Because mm -hmm. how is it? How is it the plot? Yeah, that doesn't really I mean, maybe my my tiny brain just can't wrap itself around that. But it's like a, a part of the plot, you know, it's integrated into the plot. So I was thinking something like a billionaire video game inventor or something. Mm. And that's like his lock, his fortunes locked up behind Tetris. Oh, and so people okay. have to heist their way in by beating Tetris. Ah, okay. To somehow to get to his, you know, something valuable or his money, something like that. In order to get into his vault, they have to like beat different levels of Tetris. Maybe they actually enlist the kid who just beat, you know, who's the yeah. only person who ever beat Tetris, that 13-year-old. Yeah. So maybe some criminals grab that kid, force him to work with them. Or, you know, not that kid himself, but a kid who's the only person who's beat the game in the world. Make yeah. him help them get into this billionaire's house who they know is locked up behind Tetris. Yeah, and it's part of a three-part movie series of <laughs> beating this kid. Be yeah. Uh, watch getting... it, watch this kid play Tetris for three movies. Yeah, that's also brings us to a great point that, that just recently, the end of 2023, this 13-year-old boy, Willis Gibson, became the first person to advance so far in the original Nintendo version of Tetris that the game froze which is essentially what they've coined as beating Tetris. First person, known person to beat Tetris. It's pretty crazy. A 13-year-old. Yeah, it's actually real crazy that nobody's ever done this before. Mm -hmm. And it seemed really easy for this kid. Yeah, he had, he had like a real style in which he played. He played it on the original Nintendo controller but he would hold the controller at an angle and he was like playing it like a, almost like a guitar or something. It was really mm. crazy the way he would hit the controller. Probably more natural and that's what helped him, but yeah, crazy. All this time. Is it true that he was created from the DNA of uh, Bruce Willis and Mel Gibson? How did you, it is true. Bruce Willis. I mean, and Mel that explains Gibson. why he can beat anything instantly. Willis yeah. Gibson. Well, yeah, I mean, makes sense. He's a lethal weapon of Hudson Hawk. Of of Hudson Hawk, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he made that uh, Tetris game die hard with a vengeance. Yeah, I don't even know if we mentioned it. We're talking about Tetris today. Did we not talk about Tetris? We should have mentioned. I mean, we've we're talking... talked about Tetris, but I don't think we've explicitly stated today's show is about Tetris. Yeah. The game. The legend. Created in 1985. How many years is that? That's almost 40 years, right? Yeah. It's almost 40 years. I think it's actually created in 1984, came out in 1985. Yeah. So 
one of the most popular games of all time. That's uh, to me that's pretty crazy because you would think with all of what we have today, the complexity of games, you have this very simplistic game which is timeless, right? It is timeless, just like the title of this podcast. Now we have to use it. <laughs> well, now it's locked in. I agree. And even when you mention it as like the best-selling game of all time or up there with the best-selling games of all time, I think if you asked people what's the best-selling game of all time, I don't know if they would immediately think of Tetris. What would you say? Like if, you, if we weren't talking about this and you didn't know, is there any game that comes to mind that you would think... Yeah, that's probably the most popular game. I'd probably think of Minecraft or Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's recency bias, you know, but... About like Super Mario Brothers or something like that. Then I would go to something else like that. But that also seemed to have... I would think something more recent would sell more. Mm, yeah, I see why you're going there, for sure. Maybe like Grand Theft Auto, something... Mm. You know, one of those games, one of those in that series, something like that. Pac-Man couldn't be Pac-Man, right? I I don't know if they have those numbers, but I wouldn't think so because that when that initially, you know, those initial systems came out, I guess it's been around so long enough that it's sell, sold repeatedly, you yeah. know, like Tetris. Yeah, but and and the yeah the and then the versions of that, right? There's always, I guess that's up for debate whether or not like you include miss pac-man and pac-man yeah uh, do you well, same with super mario people aren't buying the same super mario you know because they keep yeah. making so many different ones that also begs the question of whether or not tetris because there are other versions of tetris you know there's like tetris blitz on my phone right now mm. you know there's they're not the original tetris are they counting those i don't know in that i wouldn't think so but i don't know that's a good question. Who's keeping these stats? Yeah. It's all, it's all arbitrary. What about like SimCity? Does that count? See, this is why like when I compare it, I, I naturally go back to it kind of makes sense because Tetris is super simple and it is anybody could pick it up. This is kind of what made me see the genius in it when I was watching the movie is that yeah, I guess I never really thought of it that way, but that's what made that so successful is that like an old person can play this so easily. It's like way easier than a crossword puzzle, you know, like an old, mm -hmm. old person and a kid can pick it up and play it and they have the same, no, neither one of them have an advantage really, right? Yeah. And that's I would kind go of you one better. I'd say an alien could come down. Yeah. Grab it and just start playing and understand it. Well, that's because... It's a global yeah. mathematical code. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's the premise of a trilogy. So you know that, that that's actually true. But um, yeah, I no, I totally agree. It's, it's so simplistic in nature that it's almost impossible to not say that this is the choice of a new generation. Another thing I'll say about it, and this goes, you know, back to kind of the, the most recent Tetris movie. And the big thing about it, I think you will probably agree with this because you lived through this event. Tetris would not be Tetris without the Game Boy. Yes, agreed. One of the super cases of, you know, as you were kind of talking about, right place, right time. You know, I kind of think to a much lesser degree, but something like Angry Birds when the, when the mm -hmm. iPhone first started getting popular, you know, it's just 
you happen to be there and get on the, the train as it was leaving the station. Tetris, when you had the Game Boy, I don't know if people would have necessarily played that game if it was just a Nintendo game. You know, they probably yeah. would have found it to some extent, but the fact that it was on the Game Boy, like, it was so perfect for the Game Boy. They were such like a great match. I don't know that there was a better Game Boy game. You know, yeah. something that was more made for that. The the match of media and medium was like perfect there. Uh, that you could just sit there and play that game on there forever. It was way better than the Super Mario Brothers game yeah. on the Tetris. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like it was made for it, right? And mm. the circumstances that led to it becoming such a household item, really in the Western world, more than anything, right? It's the thing yeah. that introduced it to us in America to a degree that it I mean, everyone had one, right? Everyone was a fighting for these game systems that were handheld as well as playing this game we probably shouldn't have known about because it was from somewhere where it was very difficult to get out for a variety of reasons. You know, we're talking about the Soviet Union at the time. So yeah, I mean, one of those serendipitous things that sort of happened caused a, a global phenomenon of sorts. The pieces fell into place and I can even still picture the uh, Game Boy sort of cover art of Tetris where they mm. kind of make it look super exciting you know there's like these trails of the blocks as they're falling uh mm -hmm. what looks through space again space maybe that fits your your space narrative yeah um, well and the, the game boy version uh i came to find out is one of the best-selling games of all time with more than 35 million copies sold so that in and of itself you know you're talking about that's a really big feat you know, we were talking about this before we even did this podcast and you're like, you have these games like Fortnite, like you mentioned, or Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, all these newer games that you would think would be far more, one, lucrative, but also selling copies. You would think that they would have sold as many copies, but they haven't. I wonder, do you know what the other best-selling Game Boy games are? Beyond Mario, I'm just wondering, do we even remember any of these? Uh, Excite Bike. Excite Bike for Game Boy? I don't know. Is this I just pers a game. personal pick? Yeah, I loved that game when I was a kid. I um, never played the Game Boy version of that game. Yeah, something about Excite Bike, man. I don't know what it was about that game. Uh, you were just excited for bikes, I think. Yeah, it was, I mean, anything that you could play while you were at your grandparents' house. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, bored out of your mind at whatever event it is car ride, you name it, you know? It was really the first. It was the phone, phone. before the phone. Yeah. yeah. It was the first. It, and it changed the world for preteen kids who no longer had to sit bored at any relative's house. Uh-huh. They had a, a little screen to stare at. They could take their video games with them. It was the very first time when, you know, parents were like, you're, you're going to make yourself dumb looking at that screen all the time. It wasn't the very... I think they were always saying that about video games, right? Well, television. Yeah. And well, then television, then video games. Yeah. And then, you know, handheld. Now it's phones. Yeah. Pause pattern. You know, one, I think, last thing I'll kind of say about hit on with Tetris and why it kind of speaks to us as humans, the innate human desire for order. Mm. what is tetris mm. all you're doing is trying to put things in order 
You know, you're trying to clean up the mess, get things straight, get those clean lines. I think that's sort of a big reason it had this kind of cultural impact. Even now, I know when I'm like, you know, trying to get all our bags in the car for vacation, I'll, you know, reference it as like Tetrising. Yeah. Or playing a game of Tetris. You know, that's kind of like it's lived on in that sort of way, too. So I think it it kind of hits on something there. Like there's a a good feeling when you get those rows into perfect order, when you get that kind of straight line on top and knock those four rows down. There's this endorphin. Yeah, serotonin, through. something something shooting out there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was reading this thing where in the studies of Tetris, they've called it the Tetris effect, the way that it sort of people's brains react to this, right? It's like a drug. It is like a drug. And video games, you know, in this like concert rewarding system, I mean, the stuff that they talk about today on games, Tetris is really the beginning of that, I think, and the way that our brains sort of react to the um, rewards that it gives you, you know, when when you make a line disappear, all those things make you want to keep playing it. It's addictive. It is addictive. It occupies a really interesting space, though, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, In that I'll say it's one of these, everybody really likes it. I don't know if anybody really loves it. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you asked, even at the time when it was out, you know, I don't know if kids on the playground were talking about Tetris. Uh, It, to me, is kind of like the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's never going to win a sandwich contest. Yeah. But everybody likes it. You know, I mean, you're, it's going to be hard for you to find people who are like, nah, not for me, not into it at all. So it's got a very high rating, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I don't know how much people are like, that's my favorite. That's my favorite game of all time. A flip side of that, though, and a really interesting flip side of that, if you were stuck on a desert island, it might be the game you want with you. Well, yeah, true, true. You know? So it's one of those things if you're choosing, if you're like, what's your favorite game of all time? You're probably going to pick the game that gives you like the biggest high. I don't know that Tetris gives you the biggest high, but Tetris is probably the game you can keep playing the longest um, and and get the most out of. Yeah. You know, why do you think this game has lived on past something like a Pac-Man? You know, or you could think of like a whole bunch of other games, even Mario is obviously living on, but in a different way that it keeps producing new games. Tetris Mm. is kind of this living on as the same thing as it always was. It's not fresh and new. You see it being referenced and people talking about its popularity. I can say just from my own personal experience, I have Tetris on my phone, right? It is one of those games where I've found as I've gotten older, I need the game that I can just pick up and play for a minute and then put it down, you know, and it is that kind of game. Therefore, you know, it might be the perfect game in this world that we live in today, I'll say it's on 65 platforms, over 65 platforms. So no matter where you want to get it, you can get it. I didn't even know there were 65 platforms. There, apparently there are. I mean, over time, <laughs> I'm sure that's over time. Okay. But, you know, that might also play to what you're saying. I think the subtext of what you're saying is, is, is it really as popular? And I think when something is as saturated with something like Tetris that, you know, it's like there's not a lot of demand for it because the supply is so heavy. So maybe that's why it's not as uh, wanted or desired as much. 
So I, you know, the other thing I would probably just say, like, you know, if I was just thinking about unique things about Tetris is this, and what made us really want to talk about this on the podcast is this idea of a brand, right? A brand mm -hmm. that is very memorable. And within that brand, you have things like the music, which is super memorable. Those things from a marketing angle, I mean, cannot be understated. They really can't. I mean, maybe it wasn't completely by design initially, right? Like how they branded this. I think Nintendo probably had a big role in that and making this, you know, appealing graphically, visually uh, to sell it with the Game Boy maybe. But beyond that, you know, the brand, it's been, it's been managed well. Tetris is pretty consistent over 40 years yeah yeah and even though you know to go back to the simplicity the brand is the branding is fairly simplistic mm -hmm. you know and even mm -hmm. playing it up you look at the imagery they make the game look a little more actiony than it actually is but they've stuck with it it is it's kind of like i mean what are you going to do it's dropping blocks Mm -hmm. And here it is. And I do, I think of like the, the elements of the game and the setup of the game. It's all, it's all kind of right there. And even the name itself, which I'm surprised they stuck with, you know, at the beginning, but there are aspects of it that you, you know, the name Tetrominoes, I think are the name of the pieces and stuff like that. They never kind of went into the complexities of it very much. They just kind of kept it very like simple and straightforward and didn't give it a character you know what I mean? To try to like punch it up or anything like that, which I appreciate. In many games, you need a tutorial. This game, you don't need a tutorial. That's, there is something. You just play. Yeah, something so gratifying. It, it takes you, what, one or two lines where you're like, oh, yeah, that's not going to work. Oh, I see how that is. Okay, I got to fit this. Oh, this, okay, yeah. Yeah, two, three lines, you're done. The tutorial is over, right? You're, yeah. you're golden. You're starting to develop your strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whether that's flawed or not, that remains to be seen. But, you know, just ask Willis Gibson. <laughs> I love that you <laughs> equated his name to uh, two action stars. That's <laughs> never, never occurred to me. Well, it's right there. It's right there for the taking. Yeah. Uh, I'll just, I think I would leave the listeners with one uh, little phrase quote that came out of this whole thing. And that's uh, Willis Gibson's uh, reaction when he won. It was, uh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, yes, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> one of the greatest reactions probably of anyone beating a game I've ever heard. Well, when you're the only person in the world to ever do it, I think that's probably an appropriate response. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, you're, when your screen freezes and your score reads 999999, you just, you know, it's, it's too good. Too good. Well, we hope you got something out of today's Tetris episode. Just remember, you know, if you are suffering from pharmatronic, which is uh, the term that... Uh, Jeffrey Goldsmith coined to describe an electronic drug. If you're suffering from addiction to pharmatronics, you can call a hotline for that. I don't know what that is. We didn't we didn't look that part up, but you know, there's there's got to be one out there. Yeah, there's for sure. Just look it up in your local uh, Google directory. 
hotline is a great word you don't hear a lot yeah your local hotline (laughs) yeah call your local hotline tell them about your problem 1-800 pharmatronic if that might be it right there probably you know it's the too uh, many numbers but yeah the effect the game has on your brain that's the effect Anyway. Yeah, so if you're suffering from a Tetris addiction, a crippling Tetris addiction, now's the time to call. Yeah. Thanks for stopping to listen to this podcast. Or maybe you didn't stop. Maybe you're listening while playing. That's very possible. That's why we like the audio version of the podcast because you can, you're not distracted, you know, visually. No, you can keep your pharmatronic problem going while you listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you really want to listen to the music. Do 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 We might play nicely with the music. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. You can find current and past episodes of the podcast on none other than speakinghuman.com. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Speaking Human. Catch you then, humans. Speaking human. I'm still stuck on the fact that you're saying that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich won't win a sandwich contest. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.